Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Entertainment's uh, weekly anime podcast. I am uh, not Joel. I am actually Neo Ivan of Neo Ivan Gaming, tagging in for Joel, who uh, is over at uh, Acom this weekend. We do miss you already, Joel, but um, we have we still have Jace with us. Hello. And we have a special guest. Hello. My name is Courtney. Glad to have you, Courtney. Welcome. Um. Hi. <laughs> I've never done this before, so uh, you're going to have to help lead me through all of this. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. We're, uh, I mean, I was in that uh, hot, seat one, uh, hot seat once myself uh, before kind of sort of just stumbling into becoming the co-host uh, <laughs> as of late here. Um, but you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's less a podcast and more a really chill, fun discussion about anime. Uh, which is something we all just love here. So, uh, in, in fact, I'm just really glad you're able to join us on such short notice for this. Is uh, I, I feel like because we've been pushing a lot of uh, both thoughts about like uh, both waxing nostalgic with these retrospectives about uh, anime in Japan in 1998 uh, and stumbling into the fact that that was quite a banner year for it. Kind of, kind of the. Uh, spear being forged that would pierce the west uh as we brought up with all the shows that came out that year like bebop and trigon and outlaw star but then like before that we had the toonami retrospective as they just celebrated 25 years this uh past march so it's just like why not continue on with these kind of nostalgic thoughts and about the formation of anime con culture uh as it's kind of blossomed from the uh obscure uh as anime expo i believe turned 30 last year into anime conventions far and wide from the large end like uh otakon and anime boston or akon to the small end which uh you were involved in pop cult in massachusetts Mm -hmm. but before we get into that little bit of a topic uh let us review what we've been uh what we've been watching uh lately um i'll start off um, I've been following seven anime this season. Um, of course, Comey Can't Communicate, still amazing. Yep. Um, yep. I always like wonder how are they going to continue just be amazing? And it's just like, okay, you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> this week I started a new Netflix uh, anime show called Kotaro Lives Alone, which is very hmm. interesting. Um, to just give a brief synopsis, a four-year-old child is renting a Japanese small apartment and it's it's one of those stories where the the slacker um, next-door neighbor down on his luck uh, very very lazy is suddenly like answering the call to like oh small child let me take let me help you and then it's <laughs> and then it's becoming like it's it takes a village to raise a child type of a thing with another next-door neighbor who works nights and she ends up trying to help out whenever she can. And then there's another character who looks like Yakuza, but probably isn't. He just looks like a tough guy, but um, recently divorced and uh, he misses his own kid. And he's trying to dote on this one, but the, the actual protagonist, uh, the child doesn't want anything to do with him. Mm. And uh, it, it's actually quite wholesome. I've seen two episodes of it. Um, 
I recommend anyone who's into it takes a village to raise something or to take care of something to to definitely mm. give it a shot. Um, Birdie Wing, which we'll, we will probably <laughs> gush about in a second, so I will uh, move along real yeah. quick. Uh, Laud or Love After World Domination, still being super wholesome, and yeah. I've got some thoughts about that. Um, Skeleton Knight in Another World, which is surprising me. It hmm. it's it seemed like it was just going to be a run of the mill uh, power fantasy type isekai, but um, no, there's some interesting political intrigue in here, and also our skeleton, our our main protagonist, um, despite having the best stats and all the biggest spells and level 100, he cannot wield a sword to save his life against a <laughs> actual actual swords expert, a, a swordswoman. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, uh, oh. I might have to uh, put a pin in that and watch it after the season ends uh, just because there were so many shows. And usually, like, after, like, one, two episodes, it, it seemed very cookie-cutter isekai. So I kind of, like, backburnered it and said, eh, maybe another time. But if it's if it's doing another swerve thing and it's trying, you know, it's proving that it's something outside of the box in its own way, well, I guess it's something I got to revisit once the season's over. And uh, if next season things calm down although because of the way this season is and what next season's already you know i mean we're we're very closely uh closing into the end of the spring season uh i'm already looking to the the summer previews and going oh no please yeah <laughs> please we need a break um just but my eyes up. can't take it <laughs> but i do recommend it um it it has a very interesting it's going in a very dark direction or rather um the protagonist, a little bit of a spoiler, but the protagonist and his companion are going on an anti-slavery rescue mission mm. all throughout the king multiple kingdoms. So, and there's political intrigue and whatnot. So, it is a cookie cutter mill, but it it has that really nice twist of our character, despite being all powerful, has weaknesses, and I appreciate that. Moving quickly along, uh, I've been watching the sports anime Ao Oshi. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's A-O-A-S, uh, or I I can't even spell it, but it's a pretty good uh, soccer Aoyashi? anime. Aoyashi? Aoyashi, yes. Um, yeah. It's a good sports anime. I love soccer, and I also love that, that our protagonist there also has a critical weakness in that he, minor spoiler, but he doesn't understand or read team tactics very well. He's He's very mm. good on the field, and he can make amazing plays, but he can't replicate those amazing plays or explain it. And the coaches oh. are like, hmm, yeah, you can't go pro unless you can figure this out. And I'm like, ooh, uh, that's nice. Um, reminds me uh, <laughs> reminds me a bit of, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Man's Club, how that was the main character's flaw in that is he had like a bit of a PTSD from falling backward into his former teammate in high school uh, who injured himself because he was just working out too hard but he didn't know that and blamed it entirely on himself so he was a very selfish player who didn't want to play doubles and then got forced into doubles because he was so good but didn't want to play a certain way it, you know mm -hmm. your typical typical you know protagonist weakness but that's still interesting especially in a team sport like soccer to uh have trouble with a, a team element like that yeah and just real quick he he was able to get into the best uh, soccer school, but he couldn't advance quickly. So he Ooh. so he already experienced his first quote unquote loss, and that's a personal wow. one for him. Um, running through the last uh, bit is uh, 
a couple of cocoa cuckoos, which is yep. I'm on the verge of dropping it only because it's it seems like it's mm, it wants to be a harem anime, but it can't make up its mind yet. And I'm like either pull the trigger or <laughs> or be more interesting because right now it's just um it's just run of the mill. So I'm giving it another week or two and there's that and of course my favorite anime of i'm gonna say my favorite anime of the year spy family it's amazing please watch it um but mm. i've taken up too much time uh courtney and 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 uh and jace please feel free to discuss what anime you've both been watching lately uh well, well uh since uh since you're the guest for the episode courtney uh is there anything you've been watching lately um i'm actually suffering from a lot of imposter syndrome lately <laughs> because, I know that feeling. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of going through that. Wow, I'm an old millennial who has not caught up on the anime in a long time, which really needs to change. Which is why I'm glad I've discovered this podcast now. Um, maybe <laughs> I can get some good recommendations. I've been um, building up a I did, uh, list. I, on I recently uh, <laughs> introduced my roommate to Yuri on Ice, though. Hmm. Uh, so I figured that he hadn't also seen much anime lately. So I said, you know what? I know this happens to be good. I enjoyed it when it first came out. So we watched that. Um, I do have some more interests, like my dress up darling is something I'm interested in. Oh, that That's, one was so good. That is a good one. Yeah. And as a cosplayer and convention near person I, <laughs> I, have, uh, I i should probably actually properly introduce myself my name is courtney mcdonald i work for pop cult anime con as their themologist if you will um i'm in charge of implementing the theme for this year which is a retro summer block party and we're going to be at the weston and waltham massachusetts this year so we really hope everybody will come on down. We've been having a really good uh, turnout with uh, hotel reservations. It's uh, going to be August 27th and 28th. And we had been doing a promotion for a while, and that seems to have worked really well. Maybe a little too well, because our Friday nights at the hotel seem to have been sold out. But we still have a lot of Saturday nights at the hotel. We're working on getting more rooms opened up for that Friday night. Um, we just did a anime Boston table too, advertising. Uh, we we do uh, sand art there, get everybody's attention, and say, "Hey, come to Pop Cult Anime Con!" And I am here again, saying, "Hey, come to Pop Cult Pop Cult Anime Con!" If I can say things twice in a row. Yes, we have no problem uh, with repeating ourselves when it comes to uh, good promotional work. <laughs> so um, I can. I can definitely relate. Uh, I, I miss conventions so much, so I'm hoping uh, I'm, I'm hoping I can dig into the uh, the wallet a little bit and be able to make it up there for that uh, this year myself. Uh, since I've been dying to go to a convention and missed Anime Boston this year, so it's like first one back after all these years. Hope I can fit in still. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, walking into Anime Boston was. Uh daunting it was just like wow there's so many people i forgot what this was like well again before we get into the main topic uh jace uh what have you been uh watching lately so uh i've still got my list of like 12 shows that i've been following i've even got it like written down on a piece of paper in my studio uh that that tell me like what day to expect the episodes on i didn't realize that tomodachi game i thought that that was airing 
on TV, but apparently it's a net animation because it drops same day in the States as it drops in Japan uh, Tuesdays, whereas like Birdie Wing airs Tuesday, but we usually get the episode on Wednesday by like a well, 12-hour-ish delay, like most things on Crunchyroll. But yeah, like my top five of the season have been that, that aren't returning shows were Birdie Wing, Tomodachi Game, Love After World Domination, Spy Family, and Dance Dance Dancer, uh, which I actually, just before we went live, wrapped up this week's episode of Dancer. The drama just keeps getting ramped up. There's, you know, past character trauma. The animation continues to be gorgeous in it. It is definitely, uh, my friend Marissa is like, I never would have expected you to watch a show like that. And I'm like, I got old. Okay, like I appreciate it. I appreciate it for the art now and and the animation and what it is. I don't have the tastes that I had when I was in my like early 20s of I like action and comedy. I still love action and comedy. I love romantic comedy, but I can also appreciate a good drama when there's something that draws you in and Dansor continues to be like the art house anime so to speak of the season for me where it's just you have to appreciate it uh it's it's studio mappa of course too so i mean you know they're doing gonna do great stuff and outside of keeping up with the new shows speaking of mappa uh marissa got me dragged into watching the netflix exclusive kakegurui from uh past few years uh we're on season two now and i have never in my life seen an anime that has been this horny and not been 18 plus. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh no. Freaking Kakegurui oh, no. with its gambling and like one, oh. the artists at MAPPA and the art, like the, the manga artist must have had a thing for like, I, I don't know, like faces or something. Like there's a lot of really bizarre, super realistic close ups on like lips and eyes and stuff like that. And like the, the plot. I will say, if you know some Japanese, uh, you know, as, as I studied it in the past and everything, I'm catching little things that are kind of ruining the story for me because I'm dissecting character names and going, wait a second. <laughs> and then like five minutes later, somebody on the show says it. I'm like, OK, you know what? Maybe I feel a little, maybe I was a little bit better off not knowing the language because <laughs> I could read between the lines now instead. But Kakegurui is... I. I it's, it's because we got hooked on Tomodachi game, that dark psychological, you know, trying to outwit other people and, you know, uh, out cheating people and stuff like that. Um, and Kakegurui, same deal, except gambling. And uh, but my God, the way that some of these characters, specifically like the main character and then this other character are about gambling. They don't pull punches. They do not. Uh, <laughs> they do not. uh leave anything to the imagination with how much these two girls in the story one of the main characters and then another one of the student council members enjoy it that much i was like i i felt dirty watching it <laughs> <laughs> and this is coming from somebody who for years watched so many things with blatant flan fan flan service flan yeah, service sure. it was so this food war season three <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that that's when somebody serves you a giga pudding. 
<laughs> and uh, then yeah, uh, I, I, for, for added uh, for extra iron, so stay good. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like this is this is coming from somebody who's watched so much fan service over the years in things like Keijo, you know, and and like uh, Ikitosen, which I completely forgot had a new season of sorts this year. I didn't see it on any streaming service until Mother's Basement brought it up in his recent dumpster. Uh, what was it like? Dumpster's Choice Anime of the Season, of which three of the shows I'm watching were on that list. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching three of these shows. Either I have good taste or bad taste. Screw it. I'm watching 12 shows. I have excellent taste. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say I saw that video and I thought that at least, you know, 9 out of 10 for the most part was like, I want to see this. You're not giving me any talking points that make me disinterested. I kind of want to see this. <laughs> I can tell you right now of that list. Um, and I found it funny. Birdie Wing was not under that trash list. He very much was singing the praises of Birdie Wing too. So I, I would like to say, first and foremost, for all who maybe are listening to the podcast for the first time or still are listening to it, firsties, I, I was the one bragging about it before everybody else. <laughs> that is true. Really, a doctor. That that is true. But, uh, as as the audio engineer, I I witnessed that. <laughs> but uh I, I will say everything else that he mentioned that was in his little like you know mwah, you know chef's kiss of the trash trapped in a dating sim i've enjoyed it greatest demon lord i've enjoyed it uh couple of cuckoos i have been enjoying it like it's all been so good it's it's the guilty pleasure except I don't feel guilty about it at all, and <laughs> I don't too, know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think but it's, it's because that we're good of a season. I think it is because we're too old to give a. Uh, I'm not going to burn my one word. Uh, <laughs> we're too old <laughs> to, to, to care a, to give a carp. <laughs> to give a carp, and no, not the magic carp either. Um, speaking of Birdie Wing, please do watch it, folks. Um, it is a really good show, and the latest episode I think is my favorite so far um, because it was more about the sport versus mm. something minor spoiler golf mafia related. Yes, that's a thing. <laughs> and you're the, golf mafia, and I'm in. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I was I was sold from episode one because I was expecting. Oh, the poster looks like, you know, it's got this Tales of type logo and it's Bandai Namco and the artwork style looks very familiar to like other things that you see them do like Tails and Tiger and Bunny. And then I watched the first episode and go, this is not like this. This is just like Salaryman's Club. It is very much a red herring in which it's like, this is going to be an anime about girls playing golf. No, 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 no. It. This this thing goes off the rails harder than you can imagine. Yep. Where it's like, here's here's girls playing golf, and we'll sprinkle in a little bit of Yakuza, even though Sega makes those games. We'll put a little bit of Yakuza in there, and uh, a little bit of like some Shonen Jump over the topness, mm -hmm. and like, and a a wholesome rivalry between our two main characters. Yeah, who just want to play now, golf. Yeah, it's it's so freaking enjoyable and i'd say that that probably falls in line with like again me enjoying the drama element of some of the anime this season too like dance or i'd say fanfare of adolescence also has that drama and the wholesomeness in a anime about learning to become jockeys so another just i never would have watched this 
10 plus years ago. And for the 10 ish years that I wasn't watching anime, everything seemed so samey. Yet another yeah, isekai, yet another for moe. For real. That's one of the reasons why I stopped watching uh, <laughs> anime a few years ago. And then, yeah. And then I started wa- listening to this podcast and then, hey, uh, see what I did. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is why you got to share it with all your friends. Yes, definitely. Come on by oh, every yeah. Friday and bring your friends. Um, yeah. But yeah, Birdie Wing, I did really enjoy. It was just so nice. Also to learn more about the caddy position. Like I just yeah. honestly thought that they were just. Oh, you're just someone who carries golf clubs. Now, I don't know how much of it is embellished or not in the show because I'll be honest, I do not give a um, a hoot about golf. I actually do not consider it an actual sport. So, I, I yeah, I, I can be one of those um, particular sports fans like, well, if you don't do a certain amount of activity, it doesn't really count. Uh, but that's my personal opinion. I'm not here to like set every though i do hate that golf consumes so much land i i i think the world can do with 90 percent less golf store golf courses but i digress the story of uh, this week's episode was was so much better and i, I just really like that kind of went back to the roots of like okay how do aoi and eve have their golf match and i am super yeah. and i was kept laughing when my name is eve Ki- uh Ki- pull out passport <laughs> oh this is my name and i i just love when she's speaking fluent english mm-hmm. since the entire time we've been watching the show they're all talking japanese despite being in the fictional european country of nafres and she's just like i'm sorry do you speak english and i'm like <laughs> yeah it's I... always wonderful when that fourth wall kind of breaks at that moment <laughs> Yeah, because keep in mind, Nefris is never really... For those who have, who do not know uh, anything about Birdie Wing, Nefris is a... It has to be a fictional city. It looks like it's part London, Paris, New York City. We don't know, but the fact that Eve spoke perfect English trying to... And then immediately went into Japanese, fluent Japanese. and like, <laughs> I see what you're doing here. And they broke the fourth wall like, oh, mm-hmm. you speak Japanese apparently i do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that 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 killed me like i paused it i was laughing for like several minutes straight <laughs> same it's uh, gonna go down in history as a perfect meme for anime <laughs> oh absolutely um sadly we do have to move on just a little bit because i do want to talk about uh love after world domination i have a little bit yep. of a gripe with the latest episode despite it being so wholesome um with fudo meeting uh meeting the this was Half of it was meeting the parent episode, and I say parent because uh, Desumi's meet, meet the Magaharas. Yeah, meet the Magaharas, <laughs> and this the father has been a part of Gecko for so long, he didn't recognize that Mu- Fudo, disguised as one of the um, Gecko soldiers named Mudo, was wearing <laughs> the gelato. Um, I'm guessing transformation. Um, watch. Yeah, the the like henshin bracer. I'm, yeah, the henshin. Refer to it as the henshin bracer, and I'm like, how are you? It's right on his wrist. Just look down, <laughs> look down. Put two and two together. What There's is a wrong reason he never made it beyond foot soldier. Yeah, there has to be. <laughs> and but it I, was, and it wasn't just the art of the fail that he perfected, which was so lovely. I I loved that. It's like he recognizes his. He knew his role, and he shut his mouth and just died 
every time he got into a fight. <laughs> yep. he, he would he would sell getting hit harder than the rock would take a stone cold stunner. Pretty much. Uh, but I mean, like it continued to be wholesome. Um, I'd, I'd say that uh, the one thing that had me laughing, too, was just like the oh, no. Her younger sister's obsessed and yep. doesn't. It's only going to get worse if they ever figure out that he's red gelato because it's just like, what the hell is her family going to think? And now her sister with like the intense hatred of like, you're making her soft. It's like, oh God. Oh, like things can only get worse for him, not her <laughs> in any situation. Well, we're just going to so, have to keep watching and, and find out. It keeps doubling down my like, I'm I'm like, do I really? I'm I'm afraid. It's like, w would it take steroids for me to look like him? I know he's an animated character, but like, I really want to make that costume now <laughs> and just walk around in red spandex and a helmet. Ah, uh, don't worry but, about um how you look. Just definitely give it a shot. Do some cosplay. Yeah, have some fun. I've I've lost some weight. I I can I can be proud of myself. I'll be doing White Ranger sometime soon. So very nice. Now, it's not going to be that bad, but. Congratulations. We know we know we can't look photo accurate to a drawing. Oh uh, yeah, not no, unless I... somebody airbrushes your bodysuit. Yeah, so. I cosplayed um, uh, Ipo Makana Uchi in training gear back in 2006, and uh, even though I was a little bit more overweight than what I am now, uh, you know, it was um, training boxing training gear versus being in the ring, so I was able to get away with yeah. a lot of sweats. <laughs> so just yeah, as long as we have fun, but. Last uh, little... Saitama versus uh, the Opai hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last little thing, if you'll permit me as uh, the temporary host, please watch Spy Family. The last episode was so good. The, this, oh, that yes. show has been amazing. I love the manga. The uh, tension's going to ramp up in that one, too. After that freaking episode, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, God. Like, it's the same thing as freaking Love After World Domination. It's that same kind of... If if the truth ever comes out, my God, somebody is screwed. And someone <laughs> someone's going to potentially die. And I although I do I will say I do this is minor spoilers for um the latest episode. I do hate that the um in a way, kind of like with uh, Love After World Domination's last episode, the sibling really loves another sibling. Like I'm mm. and I've read the manga, so um it's it's dabbing it goes into a little bit of weird territory and i'm like come on guys please and i'm speaking that as a whole to the anime industry it's like please just tone it down just a little bit um but at least it is funny when yuri uh can't handle alcohol <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's always funny when anime characters get drunk because i mean at least they're people you don't know and they're fictional when your friend gets drunk then sometimes it just gets awkward. Yeah, and, and then you have to be like, "All right, come, come on, time to go to the bathroom. Uh, time to purge Drink responsibly, folks." I yes. know it's I know it's peak convention season as we're starting to get towards the summer, but global warming it gets hot too, and alcohol dehydrates you. So at least if you're going to drink, drink responsibly and drink a lot of water too. Yes, after every drink, have a have a glass of water that will help you, and do drink responsibly, which is a perfect uh, segue into today's topic which yes conventions <laughs> <laughs> well um yes so uh what was everybody's first convention 
Um, I'll go first. Uh, for me, it was Techie Shokan, and I'm going to show my age. Back in 2003, I was, um, my friends at the anime club that I was part in, uh, Argo, uh, anime, role-playing, and gaming organization, um, they were like, hey, Pittsburgh has a anime con. Do you want to join us? I'm like, sure. And I, I fell in love with it, and then... Between 2005 and 2009, I hit the con scene pretty hard. And then 2010, I swore off anime conventions and have just gone to uh, either PAX East, PAX Unplugged, or every year, if it when it's open and not COVID, super COVID hell, I go to MAGFest because that is my favorite convention of the of all time. Uh, I'd say for me, it was, um, cause I, in high school, I was very much, um, I, I was, I was very much the outcast. I was a rebel in a Catholic school who was a bit of a chuny bill because I, I was in the drama club. I grew my hair out long. So I stood out from everybody else. I wore my uniform very much improperly and constantly got in trouble for it. So very much a rebel. Um, I was one of the few naturally blonde kids in my high school on top of it all so it's like long blonde hair yeah i really stood out uh <laughs> and uh by the time i hit senior year of high school uh i was uh the the senior year of the musical in the spring was jesus christ superstar which is of course a rock opera if anybody's familiar with the music from it and Jeez. i'm into have i'm into heavy metal music so i've got this falsetto range and everything and uh you know senior year you always expect bigger roles but of course you also expect in high school favoritism and this that and the other and so i got shafted not even getting like understudy for jesus like it was like oh you know you're like third pharisee or something like that and like understudy for pilot i'm like okay you know what screw you guys uh the weekend of hell week when all the rehearsals go down the week before the show is anime boston I'm going to go to that convention instead and dress up in costume. And then I applied to things and I performed on stage there. And I started doing, I was in the very first in 2005 anime dating game event there. And very first uh, cosplay human chess in 2005, where for close to 10 years, I was on stage every year. I was the ringer for the anime dating game. Even if I wasn't approved to be in there, cosplay staff knew me had my number on uh reading auto dial and if somebody didn't show up like literally within 15 minutes of the event starting it's like we got an open spot can you be here it's like, yeah okay <laughs> what, what's the panel room again <laughs> so uh yeah for close to 10 years i was constantly on stage doing human chess dating game in different costumes i almost had several costumes made up a year um, and I would then start going to other cons throughout New England, being invited by people who ran those events at other conventions, just because of how me and a few of the other people I would do the events with, uh, would play off of each other and do improv. And since then I've run panels, all sorts of other stuff, took a long hiatus to pursue quote unquote adulting. And now I'm going back into the fandom just head first and being like, you know what? Adulting's boring. It's important, but whatever happened to having fun let's get back into conventions shall we and uh well proud to say i'm already pre-regged for anime boston 2023 i had an angel investor suddenly drop an email in my lap uh on tuesday going you're re uh, registered for anime boston 2023 i'm like 
well, I guess I'm going. <laughs> so proud to say that officially, as of right now, this, that is my first con back into the scene. But we don't know what else will happen between now and next year. So, I mean, especially because next year you got PAX East week off anime Boston. Oh, geez. God have God have mercy on my body and soul uh, on my what will then be 35 year old body and soul by then. So, <laughs> oh, but yeah, so. That's that's my TLDR Anime Boston 05 um was was my first and uh I very much my most closest to my heart as well because it's just uh Boston's a lovely city um don't let anybody tell you otherwise about, you know mass holes may sound like bad people but you know what Nine times out of ten they don't steer you wrong they'll always tell you where the good stuff is in the area and everything and the people who uh staff the convention are all really wonderful people so uh, i don't know how many of them are still staffing it after all these years but i know at least one friend has been staffing it for the past 10 years so um uh, it is definitely a great convention to check out uh if i may interject just a little bit unless they're yankees fans then uh <laughs> don't show your face i'm kidding i'm just joking <laughs> no. I'm, a Met, I'm a mets fan so when the yankees and red sox fans fight i just grab popcorn um, <laughs> <laughs> well let's see um my first convention was Connecticut 2004 i think it was like their uh, second year that they had started. It was right before they went to the convention center in Hartford. Mm. And it was still on the U-Hart campus. And so it was really small and it was really spread out. But it was like the first time that I had ever met my people outside of the very, very small group of high school friends that I had made. Uh, mm. And, you know, throughout high school, we were like, oh, man, we'd love to go to a convention. And then, you know. Once we graduated, we said, wait a minute, we can go to a convention now. There's going to be one in our area. So we went to that, and that was great. It was like, you know, suddenly stepping into a world where you were speaking a different language for most of your life, and then finally you met the other people who spoke your language. Mm. Uh, because, like, oh, well, I would talk about anime, i talk about Roroni Kenshin, i talk about Sailor Moon, and my family would look at me like I had three heads. So, uh, I'm pretty sure that most anime fans can relate in some way, shape, or form. Or at least most uh, American anime fans, I'm going to say. Uh, people who grew up in America, not so much in countries where anime was like the, you know, the forefront when they were kids. Uh, it was always like, anime, what's that? That sounds like, I don't know, a pasta or something. People would not know what I was talking about when I was Who kid, is so. this anime? Are you friends with her? Can I meet uh, her? Yeah, yes. what is anime? Do you sprinkle that on pizza? What is that? What is that <laughs> sauce? Um, yeah, I keep thinking to myself, wow, it's like I studied Japanese because I was a, a nerd. I didn't know that the internet was going to make that actually kind of a, a really life, a, a big life skill. <laughs> because I'm like, wow, everything has some sort of Japanese kind of like term or, or some sort of uh, categorization, like just the word isokai and like people just throwing around all these words all the time. And I'm like, wow, there was a time when nobody knew what these were. This is crazy. 
Um, but for me, Kineticon was my first. It was very small. And when we made Pop Cult Anime Con um, run by Hemlock Inks, uh, we, we created it with the intention of keeping a small convention culture in which we met more of our people. Um, because we were getting a little tired of just the, the major corporate conventions where we were paying for the privilege of spending more money. And I said, well, I could do that, or I could spend my money on a, a more intimate convention and spend more time meeting people, more time hanging out with the social aspect, because that's really what pop cult anime con's about. So, but I, I'm going to say right now, Kineticon, that early Kineticon, definitely a huge, huge uh, impact on me. I gotta say, like, conventions were very small back then, like, in feeling compared to now, uh, especially now that, like, pop culture has kind of uh, exploded. And, I mean, you can literally, it, it used to be that a place like, say, Hot Topic was all about the music, and now places like Spencer's Hot Topic, um, you know, or even chain comic book stores like here in New England, Newberry Comics, uh, there's a very big push for pop culture, as we've seen with Star Wars, the MCU, DCEU, all this stuff exploding. And anime went from being something that a production company could, say, snag the rights to, maybe translate it, or maybe just write their own story over the existing footage and get people to voice, not have to pay anything to produce the animation, because it already existed, um, and then hopefully there are already toys based off of it in Japan. You could just import and change the packaging on. Otherwise, maybe you could get a licensing deal with some toy company to do that for you or just make toys off of it. And back in the 80s and 90s and even a little bit in the early 2000s, it was all about, oh, it's just animation, but from Japan and it sells toys. And then as time went on, it completely changed. And you can walk into a place like Hot Topic or Spencer's or anywhere and see very much like whether it's the things that I guess, you know, I, I'd call them the good old standbys now of like merchandising, you know, your, your Naruto's, your Gundam's, your, you know, uh, Sailor Moon's. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like the brand new stuff. It, it blew my mind when I worked at a uh, toy and comic shop that sold retro things that I overheard these like middle schoolers talking about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And I'm just taken back going, man, I remember like being in freaking like eighth grade, like freaking freshman year of high school, hearing about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for the first time on these like VHS tapes of a very <laughs> poorly made OVA. And they're just talking about it so casually, like it's, you know, like, like it's freaking Doctor Strange. I'm just like, did, did I did I fall into like a bizarro world here? What the hell's going on? Anime is this popular now? <laughs> like I, it kind of blew my mind because we've gone from conventions being these little things that were small meetups to things like anime Boston being huge. The prices are exorbitant these days for them, unfortunately, compared to how they were back in the day. I, well, well, that's I wonder... another fun topic. We're only forty dollars for our weekend. Just saying. Just... Um, there you go. Well, <laughs> that is that is perfect for like I said, anybody who wants to get involved. Small community is best community. In my point of view, at least. Yeah, like in my point of view, I've had my best experiences at conventions with the smaller conventions. Um, I would say the only exception to that rule is Dragon Con, 
Oh, if you and want. that is because Dragon Con is like many smaller convention tracks. So you can really get your niche, it, even it, though there's hmm. hundreds of thousands of people in Atlanta that weekend oh, yeah. every year. If you know, you can still find your small group. I was having a great time with Lord of the Rings fandom because they had a whole section of programming just for, you know, Lord of the Rings and oh, that's cool. Game of Thrones and stuff. So you had different sections. So that's like the one really interesting uh, exception to the rule in my convention experience uh, that... I was able to go to a large convention and have a small convention experience while still in the midst of a huge crowd. I can fully attest to that. I went to Dragon Con in 2010 and well, I would like to go again one day, but certainly not for the full full extent because going to a convention for just three days is exhausting. Add a fourth day and then travel, forget it. Oh, but, it's five days now. Oh, no, no, oh, wow, <laughs> no. God, that's that's like PAX East being Thursday through Sunday. Like, oh, oh boy. yeah, yeah, because this is this is like a, a Thursday through I, Monday con. I think PAX wow. Unplugged is like that, where it's Thursday. Yeah. They open Thursday night and they end Sunday morning, but it's all board games, so I think it's easier. But yeah, no Dragon Con. If you want like the biggest anime, uh, biggest convention scene in the United States, go there. It has everything you want from start from Amer from western science fiction to japanese anime to comic books to lord of the rings uh everything and, and everything almost there right now for the cosplay scene too the cosplay scene at, at dragon con is absolutely insane because that's when people like to break out their really big stuff they have the cosplay parade yeah that you know goes through like six blocks of downtown atlanta you know people made like the the, the jawa cruisers uh other like any kind of you know mobile that you can make you know people make a float for wow um, yeah no uh, I, I do wish that anime cons were a little bit cheaper in general but i suppose it depends on where it's located like for example uh magfest is located in the uh national gaylord uh convention center hotel which is just a, a very short trip from washington dc so it's a very upscale like area. So I imagine the the prices have to be very high. And same thing for like Anime Boston because it's in Boston. Uh, so yeah, I, I can't I can't yeah. speak to what 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 any pricing would be in the immediate Boston area. Uh, we've always been outside of Boston specifically because we want to keep our prices low and our convention small. Um, we really really didn't want to get ourselves into a situation where we had to raise prices exorbitantly every year right so in that and in, in, in with that in mind that's one reason we do a lot more local guests such as you know local legend cosplay guests or musicians if they're around will bring those into our convention to really just get the crowd going we're trying to be that you know feel of camaraderie and kind of party atmosphere that we look for in a convention because, you know what, we're, we're stuck at home most of the time. A lot of us are socially awkward and this is where we finally get to come out and say, hey, look at me, I'm wearing a costume. Look at you, you're also wearing a costume, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that that's probably been one of my big things, uh, you know, especially with the pandemic and everything was uh, uh, both uh, I, I, I've joked around. It's like, oh yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to be single and dating in your thirties. Try single dating in your thirties and being a nerd. 
So I miss conventions. That's how I just met people in general, not just people to date. I mean, just friends. So I like your costume. How did you make that? You know, <laughs> so I don't understand. I don't understand the concept of flirting. I just talk to people because I think what they're wearing is cool or they're carrying a cool prop or I like what they're dressed from. And that's it. If somebody wants to assume I'm flirting, I'm, I'm just going to be like, what? Or if somebody tries to flirt with me, I'm like, I'm completely oblivious to that too, because I just think people are being friendly and sociable because it's the most sociable you can get with people. Cause even online, I feel like, you know, outside of discords um, and even then finding the right discord server to click on plug for the discord as we've got many cool channels here <laughs> yes, <laughs> about all come sorts over to of our discord and join the discussion about all kinds of things from anime to sports to uh, vtubers and video games and a lot more it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's hard to meet people say like facebook twitter stuff like that like it's such a mess on social Ugh. media it's not it's not even like freaking myspace myspace was a lot easier to find people with common interests than it is on like you had facebook. tom you always had tom <laughs> in the end yeah yeah <laughs> and and you could customize your page with music and and youtube videos and such but, but i, but I digress with, i do agree with you jace <laughs> Conventions uh, are great like 90 percent of my friends that i've made outside of college i met entirely uh through mario and also through the convention uh scene and it is a wonderful place for people to to mingle to meet up with people who share your same interests just avoid the game room at all costs <laughs> unless you have a flamethrower do not go in there please don't take flamethrowers oh, to conventions that is not that's not costume safe nor is it uh, street legal just saying I, I, highly, I highly recommend deodorant for the general convention population yes uh, especially uh, women's deodorant flowers. just an fyi for all of the men out there women's deodorant does last longer i'm just saying there you go some cosplayer some helpful advice here at uh, on Dikai, but seriously, don't I mean, go into the game room unless it's. That's one nice thing I loved about Magfest: the game room is in a massive open space. Um, mm. It's not sky open, but it is. First of all, it's, it's three separate big spaces, so the body odor never really uh, uh, concentrates, and so. I will definitely say that's been a really interesting learning experience for me for conventions. <laughs> it's just, you know, how do we arrange logistics? Where do we want to put registration lines? And how do we make sure odor control is at best? <laughs> you know, we got to make sure that the doors are open in certain areas. Do you have like al alarms idea. that go off if the odor just gets too concentrated? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a team people go. in hazmat suits? <laughs> sorry, did somebody let off the fire alarm? No, the game room happened. Sorry. Uh, now, <laughs> now I'm imagining it's from that scene, Monsters Inc. <laughs> oh, Emergency shower unit, sir. You are you are filthy. Get out of here. Emergency shower. Go, walk home walk to your hotel room in shame <laughs> so uh side note after seeing the amazing art installation that is omega mart uh in las vegas that i'd love to visit one day and seeing their glorious uh fake products that you can actually buy uh like like what was it like whale song deodorant i think was one of them <laughs> and i'm just i'm looking at these glorious you know like white label products with ridiculous labels on them and i just started thinking man what i wouldn't give to run a convention and in the freaking like goodie bag 
toss in a thing of deodorant, just like a no-name brand deodorant with a custom label on it as something like throw like a generic anime character, maybe like the mascot for a convention and label it Funk Off. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> so everybody gets a free thing of fun, like, you know, and, and try to find I, I something feel, like. I feel like I feel like there was at least one convention many years ago that threw in a little like small hotel sized bar of soap inside their bags. I, I, I feel, feel like I've heard like, that. Here, take your showers, please. You I, have a hotel room. I feel go. like I've heard that story, but uh, do tell us about the logistics of running uh, a convention because I can't imagine it is. Uh... I mean, easy it, in the it least cer- bit. certainly doesn't sound easy. I mean, um, it looks easy when you're just part of the numbers. When you're the, co- when you're the con goer and or if you just look at numbers and you're just like, oh, it did well. But I imagine it's super stressful. And, you know what? It, it really is. And we're um, we're not really a profitable convention. Like nobody's getting rich off of this. Um, this is definitely the the baby of our con chair, Hemlock Inks. Um who puts forward uh, the bulk of the money for this. And we, you know, are just doing our best to make a good event that hopefully breaks even so we can keep doing it the next year. That's generally our, our goal. Um, and when it comes down to the logistics of running a convention, I have definitely found that the biggest influence is how good is the communication between the hotel and the convention. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that is definitely where I think, uh, especially with new conventions, things get made or broken is you yeah. have to make sure that you're bringing in enough business to the hotel. And they also have to make sure that if you're using their facilities, such as a convention space in the, in the hotel, you know, they, they need to make sure that their liaison officer is, you know, communicative and can get to us and what, what, what we need essentially sorry i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> but uh it's good to have good communication and frankly the hotel rules can really be where a convention experience is made or broken because the hotels can kind of issue whatever arbitrary rules that they want we're kind of at their their uh mercy in that mm-hmm. regard mm-hmm. so it all comes down to how creative can we get within the rules sometimes. Um, and not imagine... to say we're breaking rules or anything like that. <laughs> it's just it's like what kind of precautions do we need to take for you know safety or for legal reasons? Where do we? What, what's just you know a, a, a pet peeve of the hotel? You know, we got to nego- yeah. negotiate with that. Yeah. And I imagine with COVID, uh, it's it's a lot worse because on the one hand, you need to make sure that everyone is as safe as possible with masks and as it's unlikely to do social distancing, but at least masks and, or vaccination versus, as mm-hmm. you just said, yes, the hotel, and- versus what the hotel wants. Cause I imagine, as you just said, the hotel seemingly has a fine, almost the final say in that, but, mm-hmm. uh, what was imagine- it? I think there was a convention recently that had to cancel because the hotel convention center wasn't allowing them to do any sort of COVID protections. Um, I mean, I can't remember what it was. I, I, you guys are more on top of this than I am. Actually. I, 
I vaguely remember something about this coming up in the Discord recently too, and I'm like, yeah, I think it was Asen. Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, where there was. Don't, a... don't quote us on it. It's kind of like yeah, a... don't quote us. I <laughs> yeah, no, no, no quoting. Yeah, quoting no quoting. Is... It happened, and we we're like, well, it's me personally. Like, well, they're going to have a real problem in a few days. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, but, but that's a, that's an example of you know what it comes down to just trying to get what works for. A convention because as convention staff we're all people who have been to conventions both as attendees or as staff and in, in various departments um and we all just want to make sure that's a completely smooth experience for the convention goer because after all if your attendees aren't having time you're not going to have a con for very long um yeah and from and, the and from the chat uh nathan says it's we were think we are thinking of anime next. The venue actually blocked them from having strong COVID policies to the point where it was canceled. Interesting. Yes. Ah, yes. Yeah. So uh, luckily, we are not running into that kind of problem. We do have COVID pr pr precautions in place. We have an attendance cap. Masks will be worn. Um, I believe we have a vaccination card um, or test. Uh, some some form of uh, verification. I do not have the actual rules in front of me, but there is an attendance gap. Masks will be worn. Fantastic. Great it's, to know. It sounds like a, a very safe con to go to. Um, yeah, we try to be safe, especially because we know that we're that these are social events. We know that if something's going to spread, it's going to happen at a convention because people are there because they want to be social. And mm. that's what it comes down to. We try to make it as safe as we can within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, what about um for I'm I almost blanked for a second. Uh for <laughs> for um sellers, for like uh, the for people who like to sell um hats, for example, or yep, yeah, then Oh for the for, dealer's uh, room, a, that's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, we do yeah, we have a dealer's room, we have an artist alley. Um tell, those... us about, tell us about the logistics about how that's all set up and whatnot. Do you just have a plain application that people can fill out? Uh, do they have to talk to someone? How's that work? Uh, you know what? I'm not entirely sure what our artist alley setup at least is right now. I think that there may have been a lot of backlog, people waiting on uh, the previous event before the pandemic. So people were put on kind of a short list and kind of grandfathered in at first. Uh, things have been definitely very jumbled because of the pandemic mm. and because we canceled our previous event. And then, you know, this is our this is our fifth event, but, you know, it's like our eighth year. So um, it's just been a little uh, complicated. So I'm not the person in charge of the dealer's room or the artist alley tables. I am not 100 percent. If they are not already filled, I'm sure that there is a link on our Facebook and our website. We do update those fairly often. Um, and those would be, you know, www.hopcallanimatecon.com. And then you can easily search us on Facebook. Um, but I will say that our we, we have a very good set of people running the dealer's room and artist alley as a whole. They are very good about meeting of our vendors making sure that they if they need electricity they have that provided um if they need uh in any any sort of like logistical questions like we don't want to have a situation where say rhode island comic-con that one year where people were locked into the artist's alley because of I'd the fire say, marshal uh, 
know, we yeah, don't people, want to people were locked in and locked out that year because I actually stood outside in the uh, flurrying sleet, uh, the the rainy snowish ish that was going on at the time that day. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was it was it was an experience, especially because that was the first time my mother ever went to a convention because she was there to meet uh, one of the actors from Supernatural. And we're outside the building, stuck and couldn't get in, including some of the celebrities who were locked out from their own freaking tables. It was something. Yeah, I had, um, I had friends in the artist alley who were just like, yeah, we have one person helping us with our booth, but that person's locked outside, not having gone to the bathroom for six hours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All those people were just complaining. But know, yeah, we I try to avoid any sort of logistical nightmares like that. I'd say the other big thing that uh, logistically interests me too is, of course, uh, panels. I'm a big, as somebody who's run panels, been a part of panels, um, you know, I got to say, probably one of the more interesting panels I've ever been to was uh, a uh, the philosophy and comedy of uh, a rom com panel. I left more than I thought at that panel, actually. Yeah, I know. That was a bad dad joke. I, I didn't go to a panel like that at all. But <laughs> I'm uh, very much interested in... It, but... uh, I'm very much... In, you could probably run an entire panel, actually, based off of that pun for Kaguya-sama, but I digress. Uh, um, I, I, I gotta say, like, what is it like also like trying to fill in a schedule? Because, I mean, compared to the Comic-Cons I've been to, where those seem to be more like just giant flea markets that are across between a dealer's room and artist alley and just you know b and c list celebrities with the occasional a list one you know paying an arm and a leg for autographs and photos i always felt the anime conventions were a very different vibe because i'm assuming nowadays a lot more guests charge for autographs compared to back in the day um yeah, back in the day it was like oh you recognize it was free us? yeah it, it's it like, was like, wait you know who we are <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got Johnny Young Bosch's autograph for free back in 2005. People are paying I don't know how much for it nowadays, but oh, you, ba you bastard! <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, I mean, back then I knew him as Adam, and everybody else was like, "Oh my God, he's Vash from Trigun!" And I went, "What? I watched Trigun. I didn't know that." <laughs> but that's the thing about anime cons that I notice is very different from the comic cons I've been to is that there's panels and it's a lot more of an educational and communal experience. What's it like uh, with the whole programming end of things with building a schedule and kind of filling that in with like something for everybody and whatnot? You know what, that is where community outreach is key, I have found. Um, a lot of it is, you know, utilizing the connections that we have made on our own convention adventures over the years. You reach out to one person who might be very, very well versed in a particular anime that maybe, like Sailor Moon, for example, maybe someone is really good at Sailor Moon and they're also really good at LGBT history and they might mm. want to combine into one panel and that's how we'll get you know, one bit of information, but it's really our our convention tries to take advantage of the fact that we are a diverse community. And the more we reach out, the more interesting panels we can get. Now, a lot of anime conventions, I believe, and I think that this is also true with Anime Boston, again, no quoting, um, but I believe that because, you know, they build themselves as educational just as part of their programming, um, yeah, as a uh, non-profit contract um, so 
you will find a difference with anime because, you know, it kind of did kind of go hand in hand early on when not enough people knew what anime was. You did have to constantly educate it. Um, mm. So it's it, we're just taking advantage of, of how the uh, times have changed, I think, at PopCult. And heck, if you have any awesome panel ideas, we're always accepting new ideas. So... I'm pretty sure uh, I've got a number just based on some of the stuff that's uh, fallen into my lap from uh, some of these episodes we've done. It's like, oh, wow, that that would make a good panel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just look at our uh, 110 uh, meetings that we've had. Uh, we definitely have more than enough to fill a few panels and we'll actually be able to allow the panel to go over an hour in theory. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and being small, it also means that we can do other, uh, we, we could do panels that maybe weren't, won't be practical at a different convention. Uh, we continue to have dances, bigger conventions. It's just too much of a, a hazard to do it at a big convention. Now, you know, you mm, couldn't have yeah. a bunch of dances. We can have a few dances because we have a small population and yeah, we can control yeah. and make sure everything's safe. That God, that, that I, does... I remember the stories of Anime Boston. My God. <laughs> Youch. I have heard rumors of the stories. <laughs> I've I've both heard the stories and I've seen a few things in my years. And uh especially having stayed at the actual Sheridan that's connected to the Heinz. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, that that would be part of a con horror stories uh, <laughs> episode if we ever have another one of those in the uh, future. Because yeesh, there are some things. <laughs> Hello and welcome to DKI Con Horror Stories Part Two. Nah, nah. That does remind me of another question. Um, you mentioned dances. Um, will there be a uh, masquerade? And do you know how? That is generally organized because I used to part when I went hard into the anime con. I would usually help out friends uh, who who did masquerades. I know I helped um, D boss uh, Mario Bueno on a number of projects, and uh, it was always a lot of fun, nerve wracking. But you know, when you when you do theater, you get used to it. But but please, mm -hmm. what do you uh, well, what do you guys do over there? Well, we definitely know that cosplayers are a major visible backbone of our community let's you know be real because they're the ones who are parading around you know with their nerdiness on their sleeve quite literally uh so we definitely want to make sure that they feel seen with their own masquerade and we do have a cosplay death match and um various panels like you know interactive jeopardy type panels uh we have uh, Rick Tarazi. He does a lot of panels all over New England at various conventions. He, yep. he does a few for us as well. Um, let's see. You know, I think I'm losing track. Help me out. <laughs> Where am I? Um, um, the Masquerade. Masquerade, yes, thank you. We actually have some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful prize ribbons that we give to our winners at our Masquerade. Uh, we do not have trophies, but we have beautiful giant as your head bows that we like to give out that are nicely embroidered on. That's kind of cute. I'll no lie, that sounds awesome. Yeah, we want to make them feel feel appreciated. Um, and let's see, we had we had a I think our last best in show was either a Wonder Woman or an Anastasia like ball gown 
cosplay. One of them, maybe both of them. I, I might even be confusing some years, but those are like the two big uh, costumes I'm remembering off the top of my head for our convention. There was a transforming Anastasia dress. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. And, and then there was a, a Wonder Woman ball gown. Oh, wow. That was also uh, an award winning because we also appreciate, you know, original designs. We're not. We're not here to make people stay inside a box. We, we definitely have our, our categories, but we definitely appreciate when people go outside the box. Do, do you remember uh, if the Wonder Woman ball gown had the sword in the back? I don't know, but I can probably look it up. I don't know. That's okay. I was just... That reminded See, me of the first I was Wonder actually running around a lot the last few years, just, you know, taking care of my uh, specific goals. Uh I the last work. event that we did, we had witches and wizards as our theme, so I was walking around uh, mm. in a witch costume, uh, giving out favors and, you know, answering questions constantly. This year, I'm going to be doing uh, similarly in more theme-appropriate costumes. Well, that's neat, especially since... Is Salem close by, or...? No, Salem is, like, a good hour and a half drive, I think, from Waltham. Probably about forty minute uh, by broom. By broom, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. You know, there's there's no traffic on the uh, the what would be the equivalent of the uh, ninety five the the witch ninety five. I don't know. I don't uh, w, d I, I'd say W, but W implies West, unless that stands for Wicked Witch of the West. But then that would be WWW. And now I'm getting confused. Yeah, I'm uh, blonde and let's, derpy. Let's sometimes. back that truck up just a little bit. Let's back. No, let's back those brooms up just a little bit, folks. <laughs> um, but you know, in addition to just like the usual panels and workshops, because we definitely do workshops as well. Um, we have our anime music videos. We do plenty of anime screenings. Um, our, we ha Adrian is our head of uh, video programming, or at least was. I definitely lost track a little bit uh, personally because the pandemic did start, start scattering some of our staff around uh, briefly. And a lot of us were kind of in a limbo of we're still helping, but we're not quite in the same position where we were. Um, it's it's definitely been the most interesting part of all of this is trying to figure out a convention during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. One last little bit, I suppose. Um, what about Zoom stuff? Uh, do you guys use Zoom meetings to help coordinate everything? Do you we actually use... have been using a lot of Discord. Um, and that has been, I think, the most helpful tool for us. It has been that Discord has been actually quite helpful during the whole pandemic and a perfect reason for me to give the link in our chat for uh, for our Discord. Um, but yeah, Discord and Zoom meetings, I know I've been using Zoom for, for work purposes and all that. So it's been super wonderful that we live in an age where uh, where digital communication certainly has gotten a lot easier these uh, right now. Oh, definitely. We would not be continuing the way we are like I'm, I'm incredibly grateful knock on wood every day that we're able to continue doing uh this convention because honestly everybody involved loves the convention and wants to see it succeed and so everyone's motivated to make it a good event for everyone involved did a lot of the original staff uh come back or did you end up losing a couple of folks and not um, and i don't I mean lost... like to the pandemic or anything i mean they they're no longer <laughs> oh, with no. uh they're no longer with the venue and all that 
Um, there's definitely a few people, I think, whose time has been a little bit more divided, but most of the staff has come back. It seems like, for the most part, the staff is generally on the same page and really happy to get back to work. That's fantastic. Um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Jace, do you have any other questions or... Um, um, I about? mean... I'm I'm just kind of thinking about it. I'm going like, okay, well, cosplay events, uh, you know, logistics, uh, panel scheduling. So, I mean, I just love the fact that uh, now in in this uh, era where anime has become almost part of the mainstream, like it's it's part of the mainstream merchandising pop cultural zeitgeist. But as anime is kind of now slowly starting to become less obscure and really more like into the public attention um it's great that there are still small conventions like this out there that uh you know were like our experience back then you know in the mid 2000s that when anime boston kineticon felt so small back then as opposed to the like ridiculous hundred plus dollar experiences that they are now that are kind of hard for people to get into that this is the sort of thing that uh you know, people who maybe like they don't know much about anime, but they have a kid who discovered it, you know, can go to this as an entry level. And because of that sense of community, they can really, um, you know, take root into the fandom into a nice like, you know, it, it's not it's not overwhelming. And it's something that everybody can kind of enjoy and grow with, because if you enjoy pop cult, then you will continue going to it and then you might also take interest into another you know more expensive convention next year or another smaller convention you know or mm -hmm. you might focus on making a few more con uh, costumes for a pop cult it's that's part of the beauty of it in my opinion is actually um smaller cheaper conventions if you want to focus on smaller cons like that you can let your creativity run wild and make some really elaborate stuff because you save money you know, on the con cost, you yeah, get the better I'm community. I'm actually really glad that you brought up the idea of it, like, kind of being, like, productory con, especially when it comes to families, because we are all and we are multi-genre. We, hmm. we want to encourage all sorts of perspectives, and um, we, we, we definitely have 16-year-olds, uh, you know, can come with a parent and guardian or, or guardian, you know, some, some form, uh, but we, we want all-inclusive programming. We want to make sure that we always have anime screenings for people who can't, you know, afford to go buy every new anime that comes out. Or maybe they don't have access to a good streaming service. Maybe they need, you know, just they want to sit around with some friends at, you know, 11 o'clock at night in the anime screening room. You know, because you're like, well, we have nothing else to do. What's this? <laughs> I miss those days. Yeah. Uh, thank God for Discord to a degree, but even still, like I, it's that communal aspect. And uh, as life very slowly returns to whatever form of normal we have nowadays, um, I don't think you know things things that were normal were certainly not normal to begin with. Um, so, and I don't want to call this the new normal because the old normal wasn't much better to begin with. But as things start to at least get to a better place overall, the fact that there's a sense of a starter community for those just starting out or a nostalgic kind of, you know, feel good. 
maybe a place for people to return back to the community and return back to that uh, it, the the vibe that they felt. I, I'd I'd call it the comfort food vibe, you know. If you're feeling <laughs> yeah, nostalgic, pretty, yeah, comfort food. You know, the the fact that there's a convention like this out there, I feel like there should be more smaller conventions out there that kind of allow for this sort of thing because there definitely are a lot of people who have those thoughts and might feel intimidated even just trying to get back, like having nostalgia, say for Anime Boston or Kineticon or something, oh. and then trying to go to it now and feeling like they got hit by a freaking, you know, 18 wheeler. Not that I would suggest to anybody to go to Kineticon as they are a bit of a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from everything I've seen and read. <laughs> that, now, no. that, I would assume that's that's probably a topic for another episode. That is that, that, is, that is completely <laughs> that is the topic of why Yowie paddles need to be banned. <laughs> and that's a topic uh, for another time. That is, that, I, that's I can that's hear, another topic of how cons have changed over the years. I can I can hear the uh, the the sounds of war and bombs going off. Instead, they're the slaps of paddles going off in your mind right now. <laughs> the shell shock look on your face. Every not to make fun of it you're looking around in fear we yeah. all lived through that so we all did we all did and um, definitely the, con the convention culture of 20 years ago is so different from oh now <laughs> yeah that is amazing for the better for the better i will say and unfortunately though we are running out of time but um thank you so much courtney uh for, for joining for us me. for joining us uh please talk once again about your con it is coming up real soon right yeah um august 27th 28th we have pop cult anime con in waltham massachusetts at the waltham weston and we really hope to see you there our theme is pro block party and you know bring your your best grooves and come party with us at our dance so wonderful yeah. and do you does the con have a social media to attend you mentioned facebook do they have a Twitter? Uh, yes we have facebook and uh popcallanimecon.com should give you our our you know website and we do update that we have an instagram and just the usual social media stuff fantastic well Thank you, everyone, for joining us here at D Twitch. We greatly appreciate you spending your afternoon with us. Thank you again, Courtney. Uh, so very, very let me do. Week. Very happy to have you. Um, before we get going, we'd just like to thank our sponsor, uh, Image Anime. Please go on over to their website. The link is in the chat, um, and we have a code for you to use in case you are perusing their wares. It is discount ship. That is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P for free ground shipping on in-stock items over $100. As mentioned many, many times before, we do have our own Discord, which I misspelled. <laughs> Come on <laughs> over into, the, into our Discord and continue the conversations about anime conventions, your experiences from 20 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe right before the pandemic was your first time and you want to talk about it. Come on in. We even have our own channels dedicated to sports, uh, video games, to VTubers, if you can believe it, um, and all that lovely jazz. And if you are feeling uh, extra generous beyond giving us a follow, so that way you won't miss out on any more of the awesome content that we do here at DTwitch, we stream here six days a week. We also have our own merch store. The link is in the chat in case you're in the new in need of a new D mug, D T-shirt, or tank top. And uh, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in 
about roughly 20 or so minutes uh, for our weekly community happy hour of Among Us. So, uh, Jace, uh, do you have anything to add before I send us off? Um, I mean, basically, it's uh, starting to get hot out there, folks, uh, regardless of where you are, uh, whether it be the U.S. or anywhere else uh, north of the uh, equator. So uh, be sure you're drinking plenty of water. So global warming is real. We got to do our part. Uh, and that means uh, stop mining crypto and uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, do something a little bit more positive with that uh, GTX uh, 3080. You know, play some games. You know? <laughs> yeah, and let us have a PlayStation 5. <laughs> anyway, thank you everyone for joining us. Stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci ouchy as COVID-19 is still out there. Wear a mask, wash your hands, maintain social distance as best you can. This disease is going to stick around until we can get transmission rates as low as possible. So please stay safe. And until next time, on behalf of DTwitch and on DKai, we miss you, Joel, and we'll see you next week here on DTwitch. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.